can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? (laughs) Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, work, relationships, and everything in between. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect our employers. Enjoy. Wait a second as we record. Okay. So um, thank you everybody for tuning in and thank you, James, for doing this. Um, I really wanted to talk about this topic because right now it's a current topic and it is something that is, has been really heavy on my heart. Um, over the weekend, personally, I remember seeing people talking about it, but I was just like scrolling. I'm like, oh, I have so many other things going on in my life, which I mean, compared to what's going on in other people's life is absolutely um, minuscule. And um, I remember just like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. And then I did on Monday, I saw the video of the two men falling from the airplane. And that just really like, that was very heavy. And I think it's also been, um, because in some of the other Facebook groups I've been in, some of people I've talked to these past couple of days, it just feels like it's just been a lot of things back to back to back. And I think this is just really sad. And um, I don't know enough about the situation to speak um, articulately about it. And I think that um, if you don't know enough about the situation, I think it is wise not to, you know, send out a press release. You don't have to send out a press release every time something happens. I feel like people feel like they have to write this long paragraph on their opinion and um, everybody's waiting to hear what they have to say. And it really, if you don't know, you just don't know. Um, But I did want to get some talk to different people um, that did know something that were a little more well-versed in this topic and that um, can give us an insight. And Last thing before I introduce who it is, this is more just like an introduction to like what we're going to be talking about. But the other thing is like, um, those are the girls exist to give an alternative view um, that is from a Christian conservative perspective, a Christian conservative worldview, because that is what the show is. That is everybody has a worldview. Um, So, you know, Mary Kate from Indiana that you get your news from that has a podcast, she has her worldview. So that's how she's going to give you that information. And um, we're going to give you our information through our worldview. Um, And one thing that is also important is everything is through your worldview lens, but we always have to deal in fact and truth. So if something is said today um, from our guest, James, that you might not agree with, as long as it's a fact and the truth, it doesn't really matter if you agree with it or not. What matters is is, it's fact and the truth. So just a side note on that. Um, So yeah, so I am very excited to have James um, from the Done Right podcast. Um, I've been on it. I was on this podcast like a couple last week or two weeks ago. And he- Yeah, and he was on episode, I want to say like 30-something maybe of ours. You should definitely um, look it up. Um, and he is going to talk about this whole situation. He has a little bit a little bit of a background in it. He was the 
a staff sergeant in the Air Force from 2011 to 2017. So he knows way more about this topic than I do. I've never really been interested in like, that's just war has never interested me. I, I, I took a civil war class in high school. I don't even know. I think I needed a credit for it. And it was boring. I remember our, our professor, our teacher was like obsessed with these bullets. We saw this movie with Denzel Washington. Me and another girl were the only girls in the class. I cried. Everybody, all the guys were, yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting in the front, like, because obviously I'm sitting in the front of the classes, but I'm like this, wiping tears because people are dying. And then everybody, all the boys like, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just, anyway, that's never interests me. So I don't know too much about this topic, um, but I'm excited to have James on. James, can you give us a little bit more of your background? I guess, um, other than the staff sergeant and Air Force, unless that's, I don't know if there's. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, uh, so I was a staff sergeant from 2011 to 2017 in the United States Air Force. Uh, my job was I was a fire protection. Um, I guess I was in fire protection. So I basically ran um, aircraft firefighting and responded to aircraft emergencies, fire department. And then also I was an EMT. So uh, oftentimes if there wasn't enough EMTs on on other different things. Uh, sometimes I got whored out to other units for being an EMT um, and did 911 dispatch and um, did a bunch of random stuff because uh, I always tell people that firefighters are the uh, glorified janitors at sometimes. So <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. But yeah, okay. So this is great. He has um, some background on this topic. So I guess the first thing is. Um, actually, the first thing is, can you explain to us what exactly has happened? Hold on. I think I lost your audio. Hold <laughs> on. Give me a second. Let's see. Uh, can you hear me now? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Hold, hold on. Let's see. This is a live show, everyone. Oh, Technical difficulties. Okay. I can hear you now. All right, okay. Cool. 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 Question again. Okay, so could you just tell us exactly what happened this weekend? Um, uh, yeah, so everything. I'm yeah, so to kind of give a little bit of a background, um, we used we were in Afghanistan. We had um, peacekeeping troops in Afghan. Um, it, it's been a, a plan in motion for a really long time to pull out of Afghanistan. Um, so slowly but surely, Afghan troops have been pulling out of Afghanistan. Um, unfortunately, uh, I think it was due to a tactical error. Joe Biden kind of let the Taliban know and everybody know that, you know, the United States would be out of Afghanistan by a certain date. Um, and to the Taliban, which is a terrorist organization, um, decided that they were going to uh, use this opportunity to start taking land, usurping areas in which there was no longer U.S. troops. Um, so in April, I shared a map on my Twitter. If you guys go to Dunright tweets, uh, I have the map on there. Um, so basically in like April of 2021 this year, so this is, this is relatively new stuff. Um, the Taliban occupied probably like 10% of the land in Afghanistan. And then as of right now, as you saw over the weekend, the Taliban took over the government. The president actually, uh, retreated and gave the, the government over to the Taliban. He has not been found yet, nor has he been seen. The uh, prime minister. Sure Yes, uh, okay. we're not sure if he even made it out of the country. Oh um, but gosh. as of right now, the Taliban has completely taken over, uh, which means that they've taken over every 
part of the government. Um, it's they've taken over all the weapons that the United States was giving the Afghanis. Uh, they've taken over all the financial accounts that uh, the United States was putting money into for the Afghans. They've taken over the education structures. They've taken over every single part of the government structure um, to include the intelligence community over there. So all the documents that um, was uh, held by the United States and by the intelligence of the Afghans is now in the hands of the Taliban as well. So there's a lot of different uh of factors going on in Afghanistan and it's a really complicated situation, but basically it feels like, and you know, this is just a matter of opinion. Um, you know, the Biden administration kind of botched getting people out and, um, we had to evacuate people from the U S embassy in Kabul. Uh, it has fallen. There's no longer a U.S. embassy in Kabul. And, um, we also were evacuating civilians with priority to, those civilians that were helping the Americans because uh, Taliban were going door to door to those uh, who did help the Americans, whether through translation or uh, housing or just friendly people toward uh, the Americans and they were killing them in the streets. So. Okay. So I have a lot of questions from just before we even get to some of the stuff people ask, I have a lot of questions from what you just said. Um, First question is, I guess it's hard for me to wrap my mind around when you when anyone says take over the country because nothing like that has really happened. Um, and I was watching um, World News today at mm. six thirty, um, and they were saying there was like a press conference. And I guess in my like the Taliban was holding a press conference. So I guess in my head, I'm not really understanding when they say take over, you mean like they have guns and they go up to government buildings and says like, we're in charge now. And then they go through the streets. Hey, we're in charge. Is that kind of what it is? Yeah, or I mean, it's it's basically like what you see. Uh, I, I, I relative to uh, related to basically uh, if you've ever seen the movie Pirates of the Caribbean, when the pirates come on the island and they literally yeah. just show up with a bunch of guns and say, hey, we're in charge. This is what we're doing. We're taking over. Oh, wow. Um, okay. It was exactly like that. Yeah, they uh, were hiding out in Pakistan and its surrounding areas, uh, slowly made their way back into the country, taking over land, going into areas, fortifying positions with guns and in uh, force, and then eventually making their way to Kabul, taking over the capital, kicking out elected officials. And um, yeah, n- now taking over the government structure in Kabul. Okay, so... I guess my okay so I guess it's kind of hard to imagine because you know in real life like we see that on tv I just can't imagine you know someone coming in my neighborhood and being like all right we're in charge now and I guess also how big is Afghanistan do you know like what state I guess it would represent because that's the other thing too I'm like how many people could this be yeah, so I mean, it's thousands of, it's hundreds of thousands of people. Um, it's not, it's not a small the Taliban. It's co- hundreds of yeah. thousands of people. Oh, uh, no, it's probably like tens of thousands of people came in through the Taliban. But you okay. know, um, relatively, it's not like the United States where you're going to find a lot of people that are armed in every city. Um, Fair. Okay, that's a good point. It's it's still relatively third world. Um, in Afghanistan, despite U- United States infrastructure improvements, they do have internet. They do have cell phones. They do have. Uh, you know, modern technology, but, you know, the rest of the infrastructure of buildings, roads, um, modern day housing is still on their way up in the, in Afghanistan. Um, 
it it's a relatively big country um in the middle east it's also relatively strategic it's near iran and israel and um uh, you know pakistan so a lot of you know hot spots in the in in the middle east for you know either terrorism or um you know uh strategic positions for africa and in that nature as well like i don't know if you saw but uh both china and russia are trying to make their way into afghanistan now the united states has left uh china mostly for uh, they have so everyone knows about afghanistan's oil but one of the big things that they have discovered in afghanistan recently is minerals and uh precious minerals Uh-oh. so china uh china being a tech uh manufacturer needs those precious minerals to help build in the copper wiring and all the things that they put into uh, minerals and all the other manufacturing things. So they're actually currently trying to make their way in there right now to um, basically secure a monopoly on the minerals um, in Afghanistan as well. So there's a lot of different moving parts with that. Okay. Wow. Um, Wow. I guess I, it's just, it's hard to wrap your mind around all of this going on, especially because we just haven't, all the war has been on their soil. All we've mm-hmm. really experienced, especially, so I'm just 26. So I don't even remember 9-11. I mean, I know tons of my, some of my friends are like, yeah, I remember we were in the first grade. You don't remember your parents didn't like show you. There's no way you remember. So like my gender, probably myself and maybe the grade above me are probably the only people we're starting with them is when the people just don't remember because we were too young or some people who are alive weren't even alive. They weren't even thought about them. The parents might not even have been married. It's been 20 years. So like, we don't really understand the concept of all of this happening on our soil. Cause it's just never, it's just not something that has happened. So it's just kind of hard to wrap our mind. I know for myself, at least hard to wrap my mind around the concept, this entire thing. Um, so I'll get to some of the questions that people ask. Um, Oh, actually, first, I want to know, what was your initial reaction when you saw what was happening? Um, It's it's twofold. Um, For me, uh, as somebody who was in the military during the Afghanistan wars um, and the occupations of Afghanistan and everything that was going on with the terrorism in the Middle East, I definitely thought maybe one day i would like to see the united states leave afghanistan i don't i never thought that possibly that would be a complete withdrawal from afghanistan um but i knew that it had to happen one day um did i think it was going to happen under the biden administration i no. and i did i think it was going to happen this soon no um and how it was handled i guess is where a lot of my reaction comes from um a lot of people don't understand there's a, a big human element to this situation it's not just a matter of you know a country fell to a terrorist organization you know things like this happen all the time you know democracies rise and fall all the time a lot of this was for people who don't remember in 2001 uh the taliban helped al-qaeda um and they gave them safe haven for al-qaeda which were in charge of or and took credit for the 9-11 um terrorist attacks can you so, pause for two seconds can you explain the difference between al-qaeda taliban and isis Just so i would i would i would 
Taliban and Al Qaeda sometimes have been used basically interchangeably just because most of the time they've been so friendly to each other that oftentimes it is hard to tell the difference between the two. Someone who's kind of not really educated on the issue wouldn't know the difference between the two. Um, Al Qaeda is more of the extremist version of the Taliban. Um, Not not to say that the Taliban isn't already extremist. (laughs) I was like, wow. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but like, so I would say I would I would equate them to like um the brown shirts of the nazi party right where like the nazis were already bad people and the people that were doing the worst things were the brown shirts basically al-qaeda is the more active terrorist wing of of taliban um they gave safe passage to them they won't uh denounce them they haven't they've also said that they wouldn't um they they wouldn't say that they wouldn't allow them back into the country now that they've taken it back over um and you know having a country that is going to be very friendly toward a terrorist organization let alone a, a terrorist organization that was is very anti-american um it's un it's unlike what the democrats have tried to use fear monger on with right wing extremism like these are people that watch videos on how to make bombs are willing to be suicide bombers and really have a disdain for america and what it stands for um seeing that the country going back to that again after 20 years of hard work trillions of dollars thousands of people of lives yeah. uh, united states bloods shed for that um it was really disheartening um and i i think talking to a, a couple of, i called a couple other veterans over the weekend um to kind of just talk about it and uh you know just this disheartening feeling that a lot of us and, and I say, you know, obviously we talk about the people who gave their lives, but there's a lot of military veterans who gave six, seven, eight, 10, 20 years of their life. Um, there was a lot of people I knew when I was in the military that were that enlisted right after 9-11 and they retired um, just recently. So their whole life was dedicated to helping Afghanistan be free. Um, that was deployments where they missed their kids' birthdays. That was uh, deployments where, you know, maybe an elderly family member died and they weren't able to say goodbye. There's a lot of things that like, the people made sacrifices for and they feel Joe Biden just kind of threw it away. And there's at least in my mind, now that more information is coming out of it, it, it seems like it's been very negligent and that he was more than willing to throw it away and was willing to go on vacation. Um, and it just, the work that a lot of the service members did, especially there was times like under the Obama administration where we saw sequestration, where we weren't paid on time and we had to figure things out. Um, there was times, you know, under the Obama administration where people were let go, um, coming home from a deployment, um, or people who, uh, you know, just weren't making rank on time were let go, um, because of money issues and, but still going and fighting for Afghanistan's freedom. So there's a lot of different things. I think, uh, with the human element of this is like a lot of people who've put a lot of stuff on the line and a lot of people who put their family members on the line or have lost family members um, are feeling very very disheartened that they're seeing that the country not only fall but only it fell so quickly that 20 years of work fell on less than 48 hours so yeah so would this be considered like we lost and like what were we really fighting yeah so you know the the people who often take the wins and losses are the people who t- define what the mission was after the fact um for a lot of people 
going into Afghanistan was about finding Al Qaeda, destroying Al Qaeda and making sure that they're not going to be there ever again and not giving them a safe space to attack America, which we did. Um, the next step was to stop that from the f- happening in the future. It was nation built. Uh, a lot of people say that the, the mission in Afghanistan was not to nation built. Um, I then asked them why we helped them set up a democratic government and help them. Why did we build their conduct? Nation? Yeah. Yeah. Conduct, <laughs> yeah. Conduct nations and put an infrastructure and put in the work. Like if we just were there to destroy Al Qaeda and leave, then we should have destroyed Al Qaeda and leave and left. Um, I felt, and I think a lot of people don't understand is 20 years. There's a lot of 20 year old, 18, 16, 20 year olds in Afghanistan. that don't know anything other than Americanized Afghanistan. And now they're going back to this um, very primitive jihadist, um, you know, law like Sharia law um, and tyranny. And they, they, they don't, they'd never lived it before. So like they're going into tyranny, like they, they're going into slavery. There's children that were, you know, 13 years old and we're finishing school and there's women that are, you know, we're going to school and now they're being told today that they, you know, Sharia like law, you it, can't go yeah. to school. Yeah. So this I is saw... a major culture shock for a lot of people. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that are saying, well, Afghanistan didn't want democracy and that's why they didn't fight for it. There's a lot of different issues behind that. And there's a lot of corruption and a lot of other stuff that needs to be, I guess, figured out. But yeah. So when we pulled out, I guess, okay, so this is kind of a question slash a statement, I guess. So when we pulled out and the Taliban started taking over, did they not have other people to fight back? Or was it kind of like, because when I was listening to Megan Kelly this morning and she, ha- I forgot who she had on, but the guy made it seem like they came up and then people were like, okay, here, you, you got it. Is that kind of what happened or... So did I not um, misunderstand? So the Biden administration has been very non-transparent about the actions that have been going on in Afghanistan over the last couple of months. I wouldn't blame them considering um, how disastrously bad they've gone. Um, In April of this year, uh, Taliban only conducted or only held 10% of the ground probably in Afghanistan, which is still a lot. Um, but considering, you know, it's not nearly the vastly the size of the United States, 10% is relatively, relatively when you're talking about taking over a nation, um, easy to obtain. Um, why the warning bells and, and everything wasn't s- sounded then um, and why the, we continue to pull troops then um, doesn't really make sense to me. Um, I It's hard for me to consider this not a loss um, because it seemed like it was a retreat. And so if this seemed to be a planned, um, like everybody says it plans it to be planned um, of a pullout, it just seems like there was a lot of haste to get these people out of the embassy and it was taken very quickly afterwards. Um, it seemed like there was a lot of haste um, in trying to put people on airplanes um, to the point where they weren't able to secure a runway and people were drag or holding on to uh, the wings and the the, the tires of the aircraft and falling to their desks to try and get out of there. Um, that didn't seem planned to me. That didn't seem like it was a, an operation to me. It seemed like a retreat. Um, and when you retreat, it seems like it's a loss. So unfortunately, it like I it hate was to say that. 
reactionary. Like that, seeing the videos, seeing the guy or of the people in the plane, seeing the people flying, it seemed like it was more of like a, oh no, something happened. Like I feel like, and I could be totally off base, but I feel like something happened that they aren't going to tell us or they'll tell us later. And then that's what, that's when it um, initiated everything else. And we were just like reacting to it. That's what it feels like. So, I mean, my thing is, and I think this isn't brought up enough over the last couple of months, the last things you haven't heard from the military weren't Afghanistan, despite, despite the Taliban, which is a heavily um, dangerous terrorist group taking over large percentages of the country. You never heard about it. You didn't hear about it until this weekend. You know what you heard about? You heard about white fragility in the military and transgenders and being in, in, and so the Biden administration's priorities for the military uh, were, were inclusively inclu- inclusivity and uh, you know welcomeness of, and being a kinder military and, and working on our PT standards and yeah. uh, all and of that. Uh, yeah, women in the military. Yeah, uh, it wasn't their their focus was not on Afghanistan and it shows. Um, it definitely shows this over this weekend. Uh, you can't tell me that was a plan. You can't tell me that was a plan because. I'll tell you what, as one of the expertise that I can tell you as a firefighter is the first thing that we do when we get to a deployed location is we build an airstrip. And that's what helps us bring in supplies. That's what helps us get things out in um, war fighters, whatever. It's the first thing that you need to do when you build a base is build an airstrip. And the f- most important thing you need to do is secure that airstrip. I don't know if you've been to any airport ever where you would see 500 people allowed on the airstrip. I've never and seen if- that. Unless it was an emergency situation where they're looking at running over people to try and get out of there. That doesn't seem very planned to me. Yeah, it doesn't. And it doesn't. And so unfortunately, what you're seeing is what you're seeing um, is correct. And I think a lot of people have been trying to hold off of the fact that it's like, well, maybe I don't know all the facts. What you're seeing is correct. That if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. Military It's built by a bunch of a lot of guys who barely graduated high school. So it needs to make sense to us too. <laughs> so it's not overly complicated. Uh, and I don't mean that in a, in a harsh way, but you know, no, that's we don't do truth. a lot of, we don't, we don't do a lot of complicated things in the military. It's, you know, get the people in, get the people out and do it in a safe way if we can. Um, so, I mean, if it looks like a duck and smells like a duck in the military, oftentimes it is a duck. So um, yeah. Wow. Um Okay, so let's get into the questions now. Haven't done that yet, um, but this has been very informative, and I also feel like I'm hopefully the things questions I have, other people have as well um, in their confusion. Okay, so um, one of the questions is personally. This will be a personal question. Do you? Sure. It sounds you kind of answered this, but maybe like be a little bit more specific. Do you think pulling out was a bad idea? And actually, I know how I'll ask it. A lot of people are discussing, um, I think everybody agrees that this was a disaster, but I think the, the discussion is, should we have pulled out at all or should we have pulled out better? Like, I think everybody thinks, yeah, I guess. Yeah. never mind. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And, you know, to be totally honest, this has been a heavily politicized event. Um, This is a a catastrophic failure for a president who's not too popular. Um, Yeah. So depending on who you're listening to, um, you're going to hear a different answer. I I, I mean, I even saw 
uh, MSNBC at the throat of the defense secretary, uh, press secretary. Uh, like, how could you not see this happening? And they're like, well, technically the helicopter is the way we get people out of that building anyway. And they're like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And this is the first time that I've actually seen the liberal press being uh, relatively oh, yeah. pissed about everybody. It, everybody's upset. I mean, I have some liberal friends that are total nine times out of 10 Biden, Biden, Biden. And they have said like, okay, this was a disaster. So this he's unified us. He said we would have unity and he did it. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, yeah. And that was the next point I was going to make is, you know what, to be totally honest, everybody hating Biden is kind of really rallying the country together. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's kind of like, they get to the gas prices and they're like, wow, fuck Biden. We're like, yeah, right. Right. right?" Yeah. And then, um, Oops, sorry. Um, I was and, like, you know, um, that's so, okay. but um, you know, to answer your question further, do I think we should have pulled out? Yeah, eventually. I mean, but you know, there's some countries that there's a lot of people who talk about like, oh, well, we needed to pull out, and then, and but there's other people that say that you know, without, um, they wouldn't have kept a democracy if we never pulled out. There's some countries that we've never pulled out of. Um, South Korea is one of the countries that we've never pulled out of, despite being in the Korean War in 1950 um germany uh going in there after west berlin and the berlin wall uh we never left germany um so japan after world war ii we never left japan and despite our agreement uh for them to allow to have offensive fighting forces i think relatively er recently uh for like 60 years they weren't allowed to have offensive fighting forces and so we were there in japan um so i think it's not uncommon for us to be there for a really long time in other different countries. Um, I just think the, the public narrative has always been like, well, we don't want to be sending our people in harm's way. And um, to be honest, in Afghanistan, up until recently under the Trump administration, they, they, I think they went, they went for almost four years without a death um, in Afghanistan. Really? Which is something that a lot of people don't know about. It was like four years. They only had one death or almost no deaths. Uh, they went a really long time without any casualties. Um, so I think, you know, it really depends on what your objectives were in Afghanistan. I think, uh, you know, having a democracy in Afghanistan is, is great. And I think it's good for them if they wanted it. Um, there's still a lot of corruption in Afghanistan and things, you know, don't change overnight. You know, Japan didn't become friendly overnight. Germany didn't become friendly overnight. You know, it took a really long time. Um, and so there's you know with it being a third world country and not being up to par it was really easy to bribe so like i'm hearing reports that a lot of these generals in the afghan army were bribed and giving Mm. supplies to the taliban and after um, we helped them after we helped them (laughs) um so there's a lot of different issues on that and it really depends on um when a lot of this stuff comes out obviously we're still in the initial fact finding some of this is rumors. Some of this is not. Some of this could be QAnon. Some of this couldn't be. So um, we're, we're just going to have to wait and see. But, I, you know, initially, I've always wanted to see us pull out. Eventually, I knew it wouldn't be a full pullout. We might have, you know, military forces there that are training people for a really long time. Um, but, you know, I mean, we after the Gulf War in the 90s, we still have people in Kuwait. So, I mean, it's not it's not, not necessarily nothing new for United States troops to be somewhere other than the United States. Um, so then why, okay, so we have, so the army bases, that is essentially what you're talking about in the other places, in other, Mm -hmm. um, countries. Okay. So what, why didn't we just do like a tiny base where people weren't dying? 
Because I think that's yeah. everyone's biggest argument. Um, that so I don't know if you listen to Breaking Points um, with the the conservative guy and the liberal girl. Um, you should. They're on YouTube. I, you might like. I don't know. But the conservative guy, he was saying. Well, he said this is the only time he's ever respected Biden. Actually, he thinks he did a terrible job, but he respected him because it, that was a tough decision to pull it out, and someone needed like it had to be done. And he his argument was it had to be done. And what else did he say? He said it had to be done. And he was like, people are dying. Like if people were like our army people were dying, we had to leave. We had to leave. Well, if we have bases in other um, countries, why couldn't we just do a base there as long as people were protected? Um, I agree. I mean, to be totally honest, I totally agree. And, you know, in some in some situations, I don't think it's it's necessary. Like in Germany, um, we were there to protect them from Russia. And now they're buying oil from Russia and how much that landscape has changed. And a long t- over a long period of time in Germany, it uh, is taking advantage of the United States because uh, the money that they would be spending on their military uh, they get to spend on social programs like education and welfare and other, you know, fun little socialist programs. Um, whereas in Afghanistan, it's not like the money from the military was going to other things, right? It was going mm-hmm. toward the military. And I think it was doing a very well, uh, a very good job. I think, and people talked about President Trump uh, wanting to pull out. I think President Trump's method over the last four years of having a really, 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 really small um, peacekeeping force in Afghanistan was working really well. Um, I think that might have been the solution long term um, until they built their country to a place where it needed to be. People say that well, we've been there for 20 years. Well, we declared victory in Afghanistan in 2004 and we didn't. It fell again over under the Obama administration due to like a lack of military tra- strategy and the Taliban coming back. Um, and in 2000, between 2016 and 2020, we saw a relatively high level of peace in the area. And so I think maybe, you know, I'm one of those people that says, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it seems like it was a problem that was, wasn't broke and it, there was no need to fix it. And uh, I think sometimes Biden needs to understand that uh, you don't have to reverse every single Trump policy just because you want to. I think, yeah. I think there's certain things that, you know, like things worked. And you just leave, sometimes you leave it alone and sometimes you just got to give credit. And I think that's one of the, I guess, one of the bad things of this overpolarized uh, climate is that people feel the need to do the opposite thing. And there, there can't be any contention of agreement. And I think, uh, you know, in this case, you know, what Trump was doing with the small, you know, force in, in Afghanistan was the right, the right thing and was working. Um, maybe it wasn't working as fast as everybody wanted it to, but um these things take time you know you know united states wasn't built in the day rome wasn't built in the day afghanistan wasn't going to be built in the day either and so i think it was just pulling out way too soon okay okay um all right so let's see another question um what are the long someone said what are the long-term potential what are the potential long-term results of this crisis um there's a lot um Uh obviously well obviously with the united states being uh not oil dependent um there's going to be a an oil rich country that's very friendly to terrorists um in the middle east now on top of that they're very heavily armed and they're not only heavily armed they're way more heavily armed than they were the first time uh before they didn't have them stuff right well yeah that and they took some stuff so uh i mean they didn't have helicopters and airplanes and 
um, high level weaponry um, before. Now they do. Um, before we were dealing with guerrilla warfare, now we're dealing with an actual military threat um, and terrorists with a military threat. Um, so, you know, there's a long term effect of this definitely raises the terrorism threat to the United States tenfold probably that was uh, my next w- question yeah then it did last week um it drastically changes our um our hedge our, i guess our power in the united states so i, I don't know if you saw that today but taiwan um saw that basically uh taiwan is going to be taken over by china um pretty soon it's it's an, the autonomy agreement that the united states had with china over a long period of time um is expired and so uh, China looked to Taiwan and said, hey, if you try and fly a bunch of people out like Afghanistan did, like that's not going to fly with us. Like we're oh, not going to allow that. And so um, it undermines the United States to all its other allies where it might be in similar situations that the United States isn't coming. And, that uh, uh, you know, it's it sucks, but it's like it, it sends a message to everybody that, you know, we're not we're not here to be your friend anymore. And um a lot of countries were built on the stability that if they get messed with um, by a bigger state, the United States is going to come save them. And that's going to, it's going to cause a ripple effect across the, the world. I think where Russia might start pulling some stuff again and China might start pulling some stuff again. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it definitely has a long-term effect. And what we were talking about earlier with minerals um, having China, almost having a monopoly on the world's mineral supply, uh, that's not going to be good. So uh, there's a lot of different factors that are going to be. So are China, Afghanistan and Russia, are they friends pretty much like Uh, allies? I mean, Afghanistan has been in there before. I think the the thing is with with the Taliban and being a new government, um, you take any friends you got at that point i mean there's so i and to be, you know and like i hate to say this but i mean if you look at the united states we weren't particularly too fond of the french and the french weren't too particularly fond of us but they we both hated the brits during 1776 and that's Uh-oh. how we made friends so yeah. uh you know maybe the taliban and uh you know china, china are particularly Russia. friends but they both do not like the united states so um you know the friend of their or the enemy of their enemy is their friend so um you might start seeing a little bit of alliances or at least some dealings between the two, uh, which could be very dangerous. That's terrifying. Um, one of the things that I'll say I began to be a little concerned about is a possible attack on us. I guess my question is, are they, what would be their purpose? So like, we're gone. You know what? we gave it to them. Sure. Have your country, nothing to do with us. We wash our hands of you. Let's say we do that. What would, why would they attack us just as a retaliation, just because they want to spread more of the Islamic um, beliefs toward the West? Like what would be the purpose of them attacking us? If we just say, have it. All right. So, yeah. So a lot of people have said that like this misnomer that, um, the reason why there's terrorists in the United States is because the United States occupation in these Middle Eastern countries, and that's why they don't like us very much. And so it's more retaliation on their end. And that that's the, if we just left them alone, there'd be no terrorists. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that... that's wrong. Oh, okay. um, yeah, it's definitely wrong. And that's what I uh, used to believe. Continue. <laughs> yeah. So for those people who've gotten to be around like Islamist extremists, I say that with, with, uh, Muslim extremists and Islamic extremists is basically, uh, I mean, it's 
they take their reading of the Bible very, or their Quran very seriously. Um, that people that are not Muslim or Islamic need to die, and there needs to be a new caliphate and there a new, um, basically a crusade around the world in which they go and convert every single pr- person, and that every single person needs to be um, Islamic. And the biggest Christian nation in the world right now, technically. I mean, obviously, they don't watch our TV or look, look at say, our pop culture wait, too often. We're not. No, you got the wrong country now. You got the wrong country. No, but, but you also got. Yeah, th- we tend to yeah, are, though. As we the are. biggest Christian nation. But I mean, even if you take it as we're not anymore. Right. I mean, we've gotten very far away from God. Yeah. This is the very sinful nation nature of our country and what we allow here. Uh, transgenderism does not fly That's with true. Islamic extremism. Yeah. Uh, you know, homosexuality does not fly with Islamic extremism. Women being able to be CEOs and run companies, um, show their face in public, be very sexual. The feminist movement is not very, you know, uh, people don't understand. Like um, in my time in the, in the Middle East, it's it, it was the biggest culture shock. Like I knew women weren't treated very well in the Middle East, but they're, they're treated like property. And so like there's a lot of different things that go completely against um the islamic uh belief system the islamic extremist belief system and they believe that you know if you take out the you know obviously you know take the snake out at the head um and they believe that the united states is the snake of the head of the of the immorality of the united states and that and that's the head of western culture um if they can take that out that the rest of the world will follow and if you look at like just how COVID things happen the United States decided to lock down and so did the rest of the countries and uh, United States decided to go more socialistic and liberal. And so you saw Australia, Britain, France, all these other places start to do the same thing. So if they can get the United States to become more Islamic friendly, uh, the rest of the world will follow. Wow. That's scary. Um, so, okay. Um, let me ask another question. Um uh, so you kind of answer what the future would look like. Um, and then, so the same person asks, will there be a time when the Taliban is not in control? Is that like a possibility or is it kind of like too bad? So sad. Um, so what I always tell people is the middle East is a power vacuum, right? Um, mm-hmm. there can, there can ever not be a lack of power in the United States or in that, in that region. Like someone's always going to fill it. And, you know, the, the age old question is, well, like what we had with Saddam was, you know, Saddam Hussein was a very bad person and he killed a lot of people and he did a lot of bad things. But the Middle East saw a lot of stability in the area at that time. Um, you know, is the United States willing to deal with a dictator that we know and we hate or are we willing to continue to try and pull out? terrorist you know like terrorist groups and uh you know shuffle the deck every single time and see what we get the next time um that's the usual question and i think it's a question that still hasn't been answered very very well yet um yeah do i think the taliban might not be in charge of afghanistan one day probably um the united states brokered a deal with uh the taliban to allow safe passage for american friendly uh, Afghans to go to the airport and seek refuge in the United States. Um, my question then becomes what did the Taliban get in return? And did, if they got in return, 
that the United States was going to leave them alone, then the answer to that question is, yeah, then the Taliban is going to be there for a while. Um, if the answer is, well, they just got like, uh, you know, time to fortify and maybe the United States is coming back. I don't know. And the problem is with Joe Biden is I don't even think Joe Biden knows what Joe Biden's going to do next. And so, um, I think it, they yeah, were shocked, just as shocked as the rest of us. I think there's a lot of things that happened that people in power, they knew ahead of time. I think how we were all like, oh, my God. I think he was the exact same way. Like, oh, my God. I had no idea. I really uh, don't so, think he knew. Uh, so I disagree. And oh. so uh, there's a lot of things that have, that that showed me that they knew this was coming. Um, and so, <laughs> so why didn't they you... stop it? And that's the that's the million dollar question at this point because oh my gosh. um you know Biden isn't considering this a failure as you saw with his address yesterday that he said yeah. that you can't consider it a failure because uh the United States never was intending on nation building. So if you you're saying that we failed at nation building, well that was never our intention. So obviously that's never a failure. Um I I I would say there's people who disagree with that, but last week the United States stopped sending cash like they were sending actual u.s dollar shipments to kabul they did that last week so obviously somebody in the administration knew that something was going on in kabul in which it wasn't safe to be sending cash payments wow and if they known at that time why did joe biden go on vacation to camp david over the weekend yeah if he knew that last week why did he go to, that's that's my next million dollar question is why did he go to camp david um and so my one of my favorite movies of all time i'm being from las vegas um so it's a movie called casino uh in which there's a there's a guy who works in security and three jackpot machines go off in a row right and the guy goes hey you didn't see you were being set up with three jackpot machines going off in a row he goes you know first one it's a one in a million chance second one two in a billion right three it can't happen right and he goes so either you're too stupid or you're in on it either way you have to go. And that's how I feel with Joe Biden right now is either a, he's not competent and built and able to see these, these kinds of attacks and thus we're not safe. And then he has to go or B he was negligent and he made a bad decision and he was in on it and he has to go either way for me. It doesn't matter if he knew or not, he has to go. I don't disagree. I am nervous about Kamala, her being president. I mean, I don't know what's, I don't know what would be worse, I guess, but I, I would hate for her to be president. That would just, I mean, I feel like she knows less about what's going on. I don't know. I don't know. I would say the difference between Joe Biden and Kamala is Joe Biden is accidental tyranny and Kamala is intentional evil. And you got to figure out which one you want more. Yeah, I guess it's better to know your enemy, like to absolutely know that this person is going to be evil as opposed to someone who's like trying to pretend to be nice, but they're. Well, I think my thing with Joe Biden is, uh, you know, and, and this might surprise you, I might I might take Kamala Harris because at least Kamala Harris is predictable and she shows yeah. you what she wants. Right. She's like yeah. Hillary Clinton. She's not a very good person. She's not very ashamed of it. She's going to tell you what she's want to do. The problem with Joe Biden is, is unpredictability. The fact yeah. that he doesn't know what he's doing and no no one else knows what he's doing either. So it's oh, really gosh. hard to understand what he wants to do next and it's really hard to defend against what he wants to do next. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Um, let's see here. Um, I feel like I had another question. Let me look again. And if someone's watching on the live and they have a question, I don't know if anyone's watching on the live, but 
if you are watching it live and you have a question, please let us know. Um, let's see. Oh, I have a question. Um, what is something that we can do? Um, oh, actually, no, no, no. Sorry. This was the other question I really wanted to get answered. Someone asked, are there, what are the similarities and differences between the fall of Vietnam and the fall of Afghanistan? I think uh, the difference between the fall of Vietnam and the fall of Afghanistan was, um, when it came to Vietnam, there wasn't really anything that like got us into the war. Um, you know, when it came to Vietnam, everybody was very adamantly anti-communist. Um, people wanted to go because they're anti-communist. People were drafted into that war. Um, there was a lot of people who didn't want to go and didn't really care. And so the morale of the troops was also really bad in Vietnam. Um, so, and there were, you know, facing an enemy that they didn't know um, or, you know, and so Vietnam seemed to be like a retreat. Um, now with Afghanistan, I think the biggest difference and maybe um, just is, I just grew up in the time of Afghanistan. And so the older kids on my street block um, after nine 11 were joining the military. I knew people gearing up going to Afghanistan immediately after nine 11 on purpose um, on purpose right and they signed up and they knew what they were getting into uh, i think there's a lot of people that felt the call to duty to go to afghanistan um and there's a lot of people that had a lot of vested interest in afghanistan i think the difference between vietnam and afghanistan is that there's a lot of people didn't want to be in vietnam and they didn't want to be there to begin with and they thought it was a pointless war i think in afghanistan there was a lot of people that Wanted to be in Afghanistan, want to see Afghanistan do well. Um, and they put a lot of hard work and in, in blood and sweat and tears and sacrificed a lot for Afghanistan to be there. And, um, you know, I think Vietnam, we decided that we just didn't want to do it anymore. Where I've asked at Afghanistan, I felt like it was forced in our hand. Um, I don't think at any point the Viet, the Viet Cong was overrunning the United States that forced us to get out of there. Whereas uh the taliban overran the united states in afghanistan and we were we fled i i feel like i feel like we fled in this in this instance and we were defeated rather than um i feel like in vietnam we just rather just gave up um in this in this instance i felt like it was a defeat and that rings echoes across the entire world okay um (laughs) I'm so sorry. This is no. so dark and gloomy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. No, I mean it's the truth, and that's what I wanted. I wanted to hear some true facts. I learned. I've been learning a lot. A lot of the things you said, I just genuinely did not know. Um, it's just. I mean, it's a heavy topic. Like I was yesterday, my heart, and honestly, this morning, my heart was really heavy. Like I wanted to be educated on it, so I listened to Breaking Point. I listened to Megan Kelly. I haven't heard Ben Shapiro's yet because I kind of already know what he's going to say love the man i guess but like um you know i already know what he's going to say but i did want to hear megan kelly because um she always has like different lawyers like she has she's essentially doing like what i want to do and having like people come all the time that are experts and stuff like that um so i knew she have good and breaking points i knew would be interesting because they have the liberal and the conservative um 
but it's a really heavy topic and that'll this will be good for like the last wrap-up question let me just triple check um yeah this will be good for the last wrap-up question what oh actually no before that sorry then we'll do a wrap-up question so I think and I, I don't know if this is a statement or a question or if you can give some sort of comfort you might not be able to it doesn't sound like you can but we'll see um I think another thing as just like a, a human being um in America I am kind of concerned about like what's going to happen here um my heart really goes out to uh, everyone in Afghanistan and all of the, like, I keep thinking about the women and I've been trying to look to see like what, cause you know, this is a women's focused podcast, um, women's issues. So I've been looking to see like, what are things that we can do? Um, but also too, so that to me, that's very important. Another thing honestly is like us here and I live in Charlotte, um, but I live kind of like on the, in the suburbs. So I don't live uptown, but I know that um, a couple years ago, I don't, know if you remember there was like a list that was going around from different countries and they had people different cities on the list and I was living in DC at the time so DC was on the list Charlotte was on the list uh New York City was on the list and I want to say like two other cities were on the list and I just think about like is there is this a possibility once again like I don't live uptown so like I'm they would be attacking because Charlotte's is either number one or number two in banking. That's the only reason why Charlotte would be on here because of our banking infrastructure. It's like, I know technically I'd be safe, but I have friends that live uptown. I know people that work uptown at Bank of America, Wells Fargo. Um, Is this like a possibility? And like, um, should we be concerned? Should we like, what are your thoughts on that? I guess. Uh, Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of different factors to that. Um, you know, it's going to be really hard to understand the threat levels that would be coming from Afghanistan, considering one of our major footholds in intelligence gathering air, uh, bases was Afghanistan. So it's going oh. to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be hard for us to gather as much information on Afghanistan from outside of Afghanistan, just like it's very hard for you to gather information for somewhere else from outside the building. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be hard for us to gauge that. And so obviously that's already going to be putting us in a, um, a tougher position um, when it comes to trying to thwart terrorist threats and, and things of that nature. Um, I guess the other part is, you know, I'm, I, and I hate to politicize this even more, but a lot of people don't understand that, you know, the nine 11 terrorists came through the border some through the Canadian border, some through the Mexican border uh, illegally before we were taking the border crisis, uh, really seriously um and so um with how easy it is to get across our united states border um with the ease of access of people having a safe haven in in al-qaeda and being able to take a flight to possibly brazil or whatever and make their way up into the southern border uh, that definitely leaves us a lot more vulnerable as well um i hate to say it but you know the united states is definitely in a lot less safe country than it was back in uh november of last year um and so what we can be doing is you know to help the people i I guess to get to that question is to help the people in afghanistan is i mean we really got to be rallying we really got to rally our politicians 2022 is coming um and we want to see funding um to help these people in any way that we can but we can't we can't be doing it through negotiation tactics and, and and through concessions um, I think we saw what we, that led to in Iran. It didn't lead to anything good. It just, it led to further persecution of their people. Um, and now they have United States dollars and weapons to do so. Um, 
it's it's a really tricky situation of how we, we do it without um, really just kind of getting involved um, in Afghanistan um, again with military forces. Um, but you know, I I do pray for them, and I want to see a lot of people. And there's still, you know, there's one one thing that people don't talk about is there's a lot of Christians there, and yeah. There's a lot of people that, you know, it's not just Muslim people. There's a lot of other people there, too, now that, you know, the United States has kind of made more of an inclusive environment for the Muslim nation. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it, time will tell. Um, you know, I believe in a good God, and I believe that he wants the best for the people on Earth. And uh, we'll see what happens. And, I mean, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess there's not really much more to say. I guess um, it's just, and I know that myself and some of the other people I've talked to, we kind of feel helpless. Like, what um, what can we do? And I guess there, the reality is there's not much we can do other than pray right now. Because I don't even know. And I, I think about, like like I was saying earlier, um, my probably my biggest concern is for the women and children of the country. I, I, I saw a video, um, a journalist asked something like, are women going to be able to do something? And then the guy who was, she was interviewing was like, <laughs> stop, something like that. Like, turn the, like Stop filming, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've probably seen that video. Yeah, so like, I just, I want to do something, but the reality, so one thing I will say is like, um, if you do start seeing GoFundMes and stuff like that, like do your research. Cause that's the other thing too. How are we going to get the money to the people? And then what is that money going to do? So there's not much we can do right now. Um, I guess we just have to wait to see in the next, yeah, I'm sure I mean, things are going to happen in the next couple of weeks that are just going to skyrocket or whatever. I mean, yeah, you saw that a lot with Cuba is the United States sent a lot of money to Cuba to try and improve improve their environment and the money was going to other places so yeah. that's one thing you got to be very careful is for sending money to a, uh afghanistan to help women's issues it's got to go to women's issues because it's not they're not very women friendly i don't i mean it's been what less than 24 48 hours and they're already going around to all the beauty salons and covering up the pictures of women yeah so i mean they're they're showing that they're not messing around with that yeah kind of stuff. yeah and it's it's just you feel so helpless because you want to do something but there's I mean we really cannot and the only thing I can think of honestly other than pray of course pray is the priority but like other than pray is to send money but then you know I'm not going to send some rando share this link to help the women in Afghan. I saw that already like I've saw that on Twitter and it's like I also saw a petition and I'm like, this isn't funny, but I'm just like, the Taliban doesn't care about your petition. Like, how did we, why would you think that the Taliban would care about what this petition says? Um, so I just, that's, I guess this is just a side note. Everybody be very smart about what you're signing up to do and use deductive reasoning. Taliban isn't going to look at your change. Okay. And 1 million signatures, we're going to change our minds. Taliban is not going to do that. And then, you know, even with money, like how are they going to, how is just random user eight, three, six, seven, nine going to get the $1 million they raise to help save, you know, Mary Sue, Leanne and, and Margaret. Those are not even names of middle Eastern people, but y'all know what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, so I guess that's it. Um, 
I don't, I wish we could end it on like a, a little bit of a lighter note, but I mean, it's a heavy topic. I don't really know what more to say other than like, I guess, hold on to your friends and family right now. I, I mean, I, I, like, I don't know what else to say. I guess for me is, uh, yeah. I guess the lighter topic, or I don't know, maybe for me, the realistic is there's a lot, there's always moments like this where it grounds you in reality of what's yeah. going on. And I think for the, for a really long time, a lot of people have been thinking that, you know, United States is this evil place and it's not a great place. And, you know, all this bad things happen in the United States and this and that. And it really like levels you out that mm-hmm. you've seen people, you know, the United States is in a place where you're holding on to the wheels of a plane that's taking off and, po- and knowing that your options are the 3% chance that you get inside that wheel well, and then you make that flight and you make it to the United States and that's how you live. Or knowing that if you don't get in that wheel well, that the Taliban is going to come to your front door tonight and it's going to kill you. I think a lot of people take for granted the country that they live in right now. And I don't mean to sound like the crusty old military veteran guy, um, but like go home, hug your family. Like really like go home and, and, and think about it. Like there's going to be Christians that can't go to church this Sunday in a different country and not because of COVID and not because of that. It's because their church is going to be burned down. Um, there's going to be, there's going to be people that go to school and there's like a lot of women. They're like, Oh man, I have a hard time at school. There's going to be women who can't go to school tomorrow. Um, there's going to be people that are transgender and homosexual that are going to be killed in the streets tomorrow um and so it's just be thankful for the things that you have and be thankful um for everything that you know this country has and you know maybe maybe this wakes us up a little bit and levels us up and humbles us out because if, if we've been having a lot of first world problems here in the united states yeah. for a really long time yeah and so i think um this is something that can unite, unite us and say hey you know what United States is a great country and we need to fight for it. Yeah. And I think making sure that every day that we become the citizens that make sure that our country never becomes Afghanistan. I think that's the best thing that we can do. Yeah. That was good. Let's end on that. Um, thank you everyone so much for listening, watching, make sure that you follow James on Instagram. It's done right podcast, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can follow me at done right podcast. If you, like fun stuff if you don't then don't follow me yeah he um he's really good with the breaking news too in his stories he's really on top of that guys Um, and i'm also normally not this 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 harsh i'm usually fun i'm the fun one yeah Yeah. this is just like a very harsh yeah 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 no he really is like um he's and he's super chill you should definitely follow him um also too if you like what you if you enjoyed the conversation I'm sure you didn't like what you heard. If you enjoyed the conversation and you enjoyed getting a different perspective, um, please make sure you follow, subscribe, like, review, all that stuff, wherever you're listening or watching. Um, So yeah, thanks everybody. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. I'm going to stop the live stream and I'm going to stop the recording. Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. 
Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram at Those Other Girls Podcast and on Twitter at TOG underscore podcast. Those are the girls changing culture and bringing back traditional values.